a quick mind map analysis of my decision to buy shares in Activision Blizzard, ticker symbol ATVI. Uh, for those of you from the podcast world, um, this video is actually available in podcast form. You can uh, grab it on my uh, on iTunes. Just do a search through my podcast at Sage Investors. So for every stock that I look at, uh, there's always a series of questions that I ask myself um, that ultimately is going to lead me to a decision whether I want to buy or sell a stock. So I'm just going to walk you through um, the various questions that I do ask every time I look at a company that I'm considering uh, wanting to invest in. So the first question I always ask myself um, when I'm looking at a company is, what do they do? What do they sell? What products and services do they sell? What's their value proposition? What makes them unique compared to other similar type businesses? So when we look at Activision, um, what do they do? Well, essentially what they do is they, they are a producer of uh, video games. They're a video game company. And uh, some of the more popular games or well-known games that they're, they're known for are uh, games like Call of Duty and uh, World of Warcraft. Warcraft. Uh, when we think of video games and the video games I know of, the traditional way we, we think of it is, uh, is, is, a, is the, the whole console thing, you know, PlayStation, Xbox, uh, Nintendo Wii's. So traditionally, these companies like Activision has marketed and sold their, or tr you know, distributed their, their games through the traditional console format through, you know, DVDs, DVDs. But the company, but it's changing now. Again, the technology has changed so much now that we're seeing now a transition of, of how these games are distributed from, from the console version to, to an online version, and which allows it to be dis distributed in a variety of platforms. You can play these games on your phone, you can play them on a tablet. Uh, and uh, so uh, the, the companies like Activision and other similar companies have been now transitioning and becoming more of an online portal for video games in terms of how they, dis how they distribute it. The other area where they're also transitioning into, and this is kind of what got me interested in the company in the first place, in this whole kind of space, is this whole concept of esports. And I'll talk about that in a little bit more detail in a, in a few seconds, but I just kind of want to put it out there, and that's, as, especially Activision, they've been a, a big uh, participant in this whole development of esports. So I'll get into that in a second. So that's what they do. Activision, basically a video game company. They make video games. Uh, competitors, who do they compete with? That's, the, that's another key question. Is this a very competitive business, or is this is just a couple of players um, that are kind of running the whole show? Um, with... Uh, in the video game space, uh, some of the main competitors for Activision are Electronic Arts. They make a lot of the sports games like the Madden Sports, you know, Tiger Woods Golf and all that. Um, there's Take-Two, uh, Take-Two Interactive. They make the, uh, uh, what is it, the Grand Theft Auto franchise. And then uh, there's Tencent, which is very big in the sort of in the mobile gaming space, especially in Asia, they're, they're a big, big time player in that sense. So these are kind of the main players. There's other ones out there, but those are kind of the big ones that they're, that they're looking at. So, you know, when we're looking at video games, uh, who plays these games? Like who, who buys video games? And, you know, the easy answer is to say it's, you know, young millennial um, people uh, that'll kind of, uh, that are the ones that are going to gravitate toward it. Uh, that's the easy answer, but I think what, what's even more, you can take a step further, is, is people that are, that are comfortable with, uh, with connections, with connecting 
uh, online. Um, that is really the group. And that doesn't necessarily have to be millennials. It's just people who are more tech savvy. And there's a lot of people, you know, Gen X, Gen Y, um, boomer side of it that are also very more well connected into it. And this is where they play, uh, uh, can be a big, for, for a company like Activision, this is, this is who they're playing towards. This is how they're transitioning now as they're becoming more of that online kind of component. Uh, and the thing we got to ask ourselves when we identify the customers is, that's great, but are these type of customers going to come back? Are these customers going to consume video games over and over and over again? And the, the, the answer really is, is with the online format, it's, it's creating a lot more incentives. And the way they've structured these games now, they, you kind of have to pay to play. If you want to go up higher levels, you've got to kind of pay to, uh, to get to higher levels. And the also other side of it is they're now becoming more subscription-based. So instead of just buying, you know, every time a version comes out, you just pay a, like an annual fee or a monthly fee and you get access to, all the, to the whole suite of games, almost like a kind of like a Netflix kind of uh, approach. And so the beauty of it is, is it makes your cash flows uh, more stable and more predictable, which is a good thing for investors. That's because that's what we want to invest in. We want to invest in companies that have very stable, predictable cash flows. So the question is, you know, these are the people who buy these games. Will they come back over and over again? And, and from what we can see is the answer is yes, they will come back and they will buy games over and over again. So as I said, the online format is, is a big transition now for a lot of these companies. But the other area now that they're transit that we're seeing, and Activision is a big time player at, is this whole esports side of it. And this is becoming a thing. I didn't think it was such a, a concept, but there are a huge amount of people that um, watch people play video games. Uh, the the industry is just exploded, and I'm just going to throw some quick numbers. I, this is what really got me interested in the company, uh, in the space, and specifically looking at Activision and some other companies. Is when you look at the space, um, that space is expected to generate one billion dollars in sales uh, in 2018. There is estimated 380 million people. Um, watch people play video games, watch esports. And it's basically what it is. It's just like leagues. There's just leagues of people, like competitive leagues, uh, tournaments uh, where people play each other. And at the end of the day, whoever wins the tournament wins a whole pot load of money. And these aren't like serious, we're talking serious, uh, serious prize money here. These aren't like little $25 things here. Um, they're serious payoffs here. And it's bringing a lot of people into, into, the, into the space. Who's watching this? 380 million people use it. It's estimated that um, there's three times the audience is three times greater than what would watch a major league that's watching major league baseball games. Um, in Asia, this esports thing is huge. It's a huge following over there. Um, it's estimated like the, the the audience space for esport game is five times bigger than Netflix, the Netflix subscriber base. And uh, as I said, there's a lot of people, there's a big audience for it, and it's so much so that companies like Amazon, they went out and bought a, a company called Twitch, which basically streams um, esports, streams all kinds of tournaments. And so this is a big deal. There's a lot of stuff going on with this, in this space. And so bringing this back to Activision, they're a big time player in this whole space in the sense that 
they create they've created actual like gaming leagues and one of the big ones out there is this Overwatch. You'll hear this term Overwatch, which has a huge following. It's a big tournament. It's a big league and there's different teams that are being played. I'll get into the team side of it, but it's a huge um they call it the Overwatch League. Huge, huge, huge uh, audience participation. And it's so big enough that it actually, um, just before I even jumped on here, I just found out that uh, ESPN, ESPN is actually taking over and going to be uh, streaming and showing all their game, uh, all the Overwatch League um, coverage on ESPN. So that's a big deal uh, from that side. It's almost kind of mainstreaming the whole concept of esports. And obviously if ESPN's taking a look at esports, it can tell that this this concept's starting to get a lot more legitimate from that side of it. So so again, video game company growing more into the online side of it, uh, targeting a very young core group of people, a connected group of people that are more and more getting more engaged in this type of uh, format, or more so even at the expense of like traditional professional sports leagues. Um, a lot of people are saying eSports might actually rival some of the, some of the professional sports leagues uh, in North America, if not in the world. So interesting space, interesting concept, interesting business model. That's clearly getting traction. But the question we have to ask ourselves as investors is, does this company actually make money? Seems like a really cool idea, seems like a really cool model. But is this profitable? Can, 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 can investors make money out of this? And so a lot of times when I'm starting to look at a company's profitability and financial performance, I start looking at a couple of metrics. And the most one I kind of go to is economic profit, which takes uh, difference between the company's return on invested capital uh, and compares it to the company's cost of capital. And a company that's generating high returns on invested capital that are greater than the cost of capital are creating tangible wealth. And ultimately, stock prices um, trade at a premium for those type of companies. So when I looked at uh, Activision, their returns on invested capital came in between 17 and 23%. And that's basically on a goodwill adjusted basis. If you were to take out the goodwill, their returns on invested capital then skyrocket to between 73 and 89%. And when you compare it to the company's cost of capital, which is about 10 to 11%, this company is creating significant um, cash flow and is creating significant tangible wealth for its shareholders. Uh, just to build on top of that, adding to this whole, on top of this um, e-sports uh, platform, as I said earlier, this uh, Activision is has been was a creator of this of this league, this e-sports league called the Overwatch League, and they did something really unique uh, in that they created this league of 12 teams and basically if you wanted to create a league to enter this overwatch you had to pay 20 million dollars to buy in and you'd think like who's going to pay 20 million dollars to buy like you know a, a video game you know virtual video game team but apparently there's a lot because they managed to create um they created they managed to get 12 teams and one of those teams is actually owned by the uh, owner of the New England Patriots, Robert Kraft, so who obviously knows a thing or two about running businesses. So if he's getting into this, that must be you must be seeing some potential in here. Um, so that's like twelve teams at about twenty million dollars. Uh, 
so, so the company has, has Activision's basically pocketed over $250 million on this sports league, on this sports league that they created. They're, lo they're looking to expand to 32 teams. So if that's another 20 teams times $20 million, at least, that's probably another $400 million in, in revenue coming into the company. So this is a huge growth area. This is a pretty much, to me, this is like a very hyper growth um, space this whole thing is right now. So when I look at Activision, Activision, I don't look at Activision as just strictly the video game producing company. This is almost like a league. This is like an like a like an NFL, NBA, you know, uh, NHL kind of thing potential that this league um, that they're trying to create with it. So um, that I found that kind of, that's kind of what got me interested into it. Uh, as I said, they're transitioning away from the traditional console model to a more subscription-based model, and they're at the point now where 30% um, of their revenues are coming in from mobile, and it's growing even higher, and it's even growing, uh, it's growing, <laughs> and it's growing pretty damn fast. Uh, so clearly this company is creating tangible, it's creating profit, it's creating wealth, so that's, as an investor, that's what I want to see. The next thing I, I want to take a look at is the financial strength of this company. Is this company's financial position healthy? Is it strong? Or is it in a weak um, death spiral kind of thing? So when I look at a company's financial position, it's all about the company's balance sheet. And so there's three components I tend to focus in on. One is um, the liquidity. The second is their debt position. And the, set, and the third is the quality of the company's assets. So when I looked at the company's liquidity, I look at their current assets, to current liabilities or the current ratio. And right now it's greater than one. The ratio is greater than one. So the company seems to have more than enough current assets to, to sustain itself on a short-term day-to-day kind of basis. So from a liquidity perspective, it looks okay. They have right now um, their cash position. They have just enough amount of cash to cover their uh, long-term debts. They have about 4.3, um, 4.7 billion in cash versus 4.3 um, billion in debt. So they have more than enough, if they wanted to retire all their debt tomorrow, they have more than enough money that they can do that. Um, from a debt perspective, one of the ratios I tend to go to is the debt equity ratio. And right now it's under 0 0.5, which means from that perspective, you want the lower the better. And so the company seems to have, its, man its debt position seems to be um, manageable at this point because they are generating so much cash flow that they can they can cover the debt off of it. The third area as I talked about was that I want to look at is the quality of the company of assets. How much percentage does um, their intangibles, does the company have any intangible assets like goodwill or uh, you know patents or brands or type of intangible value assets and what is the percentage of it compared to the total amount of assets. Now with Activision they're um, percentage of goodwill and intangibles came in at 60% of total assets, which is really high. I look for usually for companies that have that around under 20% to me is a manageable amount. So 60% um, is pretty high. And so that's a little bit concerning uh, when I want to look at the overall financial position of the company. Um, so that's one thing that I... Uh, kind of jumped out at me. Next, the next thing we want to do is, okay, it's we're looking at the company as it is right now, but it's also important as investors that we understand the risks of, 
investing with this company? What are the risks associated with the business? Like what could take this business down a few notches? What threats are out there in the horizon that could potentially impair this ability, uh, impair the company's ability? Well, one risk that I thought of was when I think about this whole video game concept, uh, the esports concept, it has a very um, fatty, fattish um, feel to it in that I just wonder if this is kind of like a short-term, is this a short-term trend or is this something that has legs and it's going to long, uh, has a long um, sustainability to it? Um, it kind of reminds me of, uh, of uh, the whole poker. Like you remember a few years ago, a whole, um, um, you know, poker was nothing and then all of a sudden these poker leagues showed up and uh, World Series of Poker and, you know, the World Poker Tour and all that stuff. It kind of has like uh, shades of that kind of feel to it. And so, you know, there was a real crazy period for poker, but it's kind of really plateaued and really mellowed out since then. So I wonder if this is how sustainable this is. That could be a potential risk. Um, the other name is you kind of, it's a very hit-driven um, business in that, you know, the, the, you're, you're really driven by your successes. And especially in video games, the more popular video games you have, the better your franchise could be and more sustainable of it. So one of the risks potentially is, you know, you know right now they've got a few games that are, that are quite popular and Call of Duty and this whole Overwatch League is really thriving right now, but um, you're only good as your most recent, um, you know, hit. And so you, one of the things I wonder is, you know, how sustainable, you know, it's it's pro it's I, I would think it's really hard to be able to crank out video games that are going to be popular with the masses on a consistent and and long term basis. So um, so you know you're only only as good as your last game is 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 definitely in play when you kind of look at the whole video game space and when I kind of look at Activision with, with really only a handful of, of really popular games. Granted, they're super duper popular, but um, is it sustainable? Is that a potential risk? Just like, you know, fashion and movies, like you're only as good as your last uh, success, right? Um, and then the other thing that's potentially going to be a risk is this is, you know, this is driven by uh, disposable income. And so um, there's, there's, you know, econ economic um, sensitivities here. Um, you know, if the economy goes into a recession, people have less money, they're not, you know, you prioritize what you're going to spend your money on, and is video games kind of at the top of people's list? Um, that's a potential risk uh, that the company could face. Right now, things are going great, and so people are willing to buy, uh, put money down, buy subscriptions. Um, is it sustainable? And that's the kind of question you kind of have to wrap your head around when you're looking at this stock. So. So, so far, we've got a concept video games. It's pretty competitive. It's definitely creating a lot of wealth. Um, it's in a space that's growing really, really fast. It's got a core group of people that are really into it and seem to be very loyal to it. it seems to be like a lot of good things here. There are risks associated with it. You kind of have to balance it out. But the question is, uh, you know, if I'm interested in buying the stock, is it worth buying right now? Um, is the stock cheap? And so right now, um, based on a couple of factors, it looks pretty expensive. Um, on a relative basis, um, it's trading at about, Activision stock is trading at about 25 times uh, its forward, um, 
forward earnings, future earnings. On a discounted cash flow basis, the valuations that I've seen on the stock come in between 55 and 69 per share. The stock right now is trading at like $81. So it's definitely, um, it's definitely expensive. It's definitely overpriced. Uh, so based on that, I, at first glance, I thought, yeah, I don't think I want to get into it. This is like a really one of those kind of momentum stock. It has that whole momentum stock feel, and the stock has, has really popped in the last year or so. <coughs> so at first glance, I said to myself, you know what, I think I'm going to um, pass on it. But I just kept getting drawn back into this whole um, potential here of what's going on with this whole esports thing. And the fact of the matter is this team, is this as Activision has really, the fact that they've been able to get 12 teams or 12 people to drop $20 million onto this league and potentially have enough people to, to expand to 32 means there's a critical mass of people out there that are into this right now and are willing to spend money to get into this space. And so this is making it really hard for me to kind of just ignore. And so, when I factor that in, the fact that it is creating tangible wealth, the balance sheet is seems pretty solid, but this kind of the, the percentage of goodwill does concern me, but the fact of the matter is it is producing cash um, and, uh, and it's attracting a group of people that I think would be very loyal to this space. It kind of made me want to say, you know what, I think maybe I might want to just kind of dip my toe into it. So ultimately what I did was, um, I've, what I've decided to do was I decided to buy in. I bought in, but I bought a small amount, and I'm probably going to like average. If the stock were to fall down, you know, just crap out a bit, I would probably average down a little bit. But I definitely have a strong like uh, exit strategy. Um, if the stock went down uh, down at twenty down twenty percent, I would get out of it. So it's a it's a very speculative kind of buy because of the valuation. <coughs> but uh, so I, I said, you know what, I'm gonna buy, I'll buy a small position uh, and, uh, and I'll see how it goes. And uh, again, there's a lot of really good things going on in this space. And to me, Activision seems to be like one of the kind of market leaders in that. And especially when it comes to this whole esports time, they seem to be like they're the, gonna be one of the big players for this kind of uh, space going on. And the fact of the matter is that ESPN is actually getting into this and are willing to broadcast now their, their Overwatch League kind of to me is almost like a positive game changer moment for, for the whole eSports kind of, kind of almost like legitimizes the whole thing. So there you go, that's my analysis and my take on Activision Blizzard. If you want more information on other companies that I do this similar type of analysis or more information on the courses that I teach, where I kind of integrate this whole concept, this whole framework in terms of how you evaluate stocks. You can check me out on my website, sageinvestors.ca. Uh, you can check out my podcast, Stock Talk, which you can get through my website, sageinvestors.ca, or through iTunes. Thanks again for listening in. This is Amin Marina from Sage Investors, and we'll catch you again another time. Cheers.